Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. This is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is speaking. Listen for God's word to you. He says, And whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, so that they may be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning once again. It's really great to be with you all here today, and I want to say hi to those online worshiping with us on YouTube or Facebook Live or listening to the sermon podcast later in the week. We're here today on this Veterans Day weekend Sunday, and I'm glad to see you all. St. Paul says, pray without ceasing, and then Jesus teaches his followers and says, when you pray, don't do it for show, don't do it for praise, don't do it for attention from other people, don't try and be holier than thou, nobody likes that, but pray to God with a true and open heart, because God loves it when you pray. We were studying this passage this week in my Bible study on Wednesday, and everybody had to groan. Because whenever we read this part where it says, where Jesus says, when you pray, as a pastor, I'm contractually obligated to point out that it does not say if you pray, it says when you pray. And everyone said, okay, pastor, we get it. Jesus assumes and is working from this, from this um, position, God's people, the people who are called to follow him and to have a life with God and others, are going to be people of prayer. And some of us might feel like, I am a person of prayer, I'm a prayer warrior, Others of us might feel like, I don't really pray that much. I wish I could pray some more. I don't know how to pray. Or, I don't know what I think about prayer. How does it work and why? So, I guess my first question for you is, how or where or when do you tend to pray? What's your practice or prayer? Maybe it's in the morning when you get out of bed and you just say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And you hop up and do a jig. Uh, that, okay. Um, it's a great way to start your day. Maybe you pray over meals or with your kids before bed. Maybe you have a prayer partner, somebody who you pray with. Maybe you use a prayer, a prayer app like Pray As You Go, which is a great app. Maybe you pray in small groups or here when you are at church. Maybe you pray by sending up those little hand emojis, you know, in a text message to the ones you love. Praying for you. Um, someone said that they pray in the shower because it's the only time of the week or the day when someone can't come and ask them for anything or make them do anything. <laughs> this person was a mother. I understand. Um, you can pray out in nature. You can pray in your car. You can pray on vacation when you go to the cathedrals of Europe or at a hospital bed by the one you love or a breath prayer like Pastor Erica was teaching, breathing in, Holy Spirit, breathing out, show me the way. According to public polling, over 80% of Americans report that they pray, at least sometimes. But what's prayer really about? How does it work? And what does Jesus want us to know? 
One important part of what Jesus is saying in this Sermon on the Mount is not to make prayer all about you. There was a video game that came out some years ago. You might know it. It's called Guitar Hero. Are you familiar with Guitar Hero? <laughs> some of you more than others. Uh, it's a game that comes with this sort of little mini guitar. And um, in the game, you can rock out. You can jam with it. And it looks, when you're playing the game, like you are playing before a big arena. All kinds of people are there. There's loud music going. And who's the hero? You are. Who's the star? You are. Who's great on guitar? You are, even if you can't really play. And so um, that's the way guitar here operates. But prayer is different. Um, praying without ceasing does not ask us to be heroic when it comes to prayer. Just regular. Just keep showing up. Jesus critiques those who want to make kind of a big show out of their religious devotion or their public prayers, but loves it when we let a life with God flow naturally out of who we are. Christian author Dallas Willard was writing about this some years ago, and he said, prayer is a power-sharing device where we are able to participate in what God is doing. And if God is up to something in our lives, then we want to pray, we want to tap into it, we want to be a part of it. But you know, we're human. Anybody here not, not human? We're human, and so sometimes we get it wrong. You know, somebody once said, I used to pray to God for a new bicycle, but I never got one. So I stole a bike and prayed for forgiveness. And, you know, we get it wrong sometimes in our, in our, in our prayers. But one of the things that happens when we, when we pray, when we turn things over to God, is that it shapes us. We become more and more the people we're meant to be. So a person who is in prayer becomes more aligned with God's will, able to hear God's still, small voice a little bit better. It helps us grow in our relationship with God with God. I think that prayer is actually one of those, I think that it's one of those areas of spiritual life where you actually can fake it till you make it, you know? That's not always true, but in prayer maybe it is, where even if you don't feel the connection, you don't sense that God is listening, you don't know if God is really worth the time right then to sit down and pray, even a small step of showing up, of being open, of seeking, God honors that and can use that. So if you need to this week, fake it till you make it, even in prayer. Think about the story from, of Jonah from the Bible. I want to kind of give you a little illustration of this. Remember Jonah? Um, God called him to go to Nineveh, that great city, and to preach God's message to the people. But Jonah didn't want to go, and so he ran in the opposite direction. He ran down to the dock. He got on a boat going the opposite way and went out to sea. And you know the rest how a huge storm came up, and the sailors and everybody on board was freaking out. And they said, I wonder who caused this calamity. And then Jonah said, oh, it's probably me because I'm running away from God. That's why these terrible things are happening. I'm not sure about the theology, but bear with me. Okay, so he gets thrown overboard, and he goes down, down, down. And then the sound effect is like glug, 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 all the way down until he gets swallowed up by a big fish. And then he goes down, down, down into the belly of that big fish. And it's only there in the belly of the fish, deep in the sea, thrown off a boat, far from home, running from God, that Jonah finally prays, finally turns to God in prayer. Now, I'm not blaming anybody for, like, throwing up some emergency prayer flares. I know what that is like, and I've done it myself plenty of times. 
But what it shows us about Jonah is that, as Eugene Peterson puts it, he's a prophet without prayer. He's supposed to be God's guy, God's prophet, God's person who can do good things in God's name. But he never prays. He just decides for himself what he will do. He decides for himself where he will go. He decides for himself what's most important. He's never shaped or formed by life with God in prayer. And I wonder how this story could have been different if Jonah had been a person of prayer earlier in his life. If at some point he said, let me just reach out to the Lord. Let me listen for God's way. You know, when he, when he started to hear that call from God, if he had tested it or, or talked with God about it or asked questions or been honest and said, Lord, I don't know if this is right. I, I want to trust you, but I have fears. There's no more honest prayer than, Lord, help me. I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know where I'm going. Will you show me the way? Prayer is about being honest with God, even when we're not sure we can be honest with ourselves, much less anybody else. Some of the good news I want to give you is that um, prayer can really be a practice that fits into your life, that fits into your way of life. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to prayer. In a recent New York Times article, um, Christian author and speaker Annie Lamott wrote about this. And one of the things she said is, she said, a walk, taking a walk, is a great prayer. To make eye contact and smile is a kind of prayer, and it changes you. At bedtime, I pray for my sick friends and, re and the refugees. I beg for sleep. I give thanks for the blessings of the day. I rest in the vision of the pearly moon outside my window that looks like a porthole to a bigger reality. I sigh and I close my tired eyes. Some people might say, what's the point of praying if God already knows everything anyway, right? If God is omniscient and all-knowing, then what is the point of actually praying? I think it's about the relationship that we form. In prayer, we form the relationship with God, where God forms it with us. I was at a wedding this weekend up in Sonoma, and there was a young, it was for a young woman named Megan, who usually is in the choir, and she sits right up there. And she and her um, fiancé, now husband John, have been around the church for a while. And during the speeches in the reception time, uh, her father got up to talk. And you know how those Father of the Bride speeches can go. It's, it can be emotional. There's a lot of stories and teasing from their childhood. But the love that comes through um, in a lot of, in that speech, uh, was really palpable. And um, he told the story about how Megan and John had been dating, and she came to ask him, you know, how will I know if this is really the guy for me? How did you and mom know you were the right match? How did you know that you guys were meant to have a life together? And she was trying to figure out the right move in her life, and she kept repeating that phrase, how will I know, how will I know? And his answer was, when, when it's right, you will just know, okay? So then after he finished this, this father-in-law, or father in the, of the bride's speech, he was hugging them, and he was walking back to his table. The DJ, who had been listening to this speech, started playing this song in the background, How Will I Know, by Whitney Houston. And at first, people didn't get it. They didn't hear it, just sort of background music. But I recognized it, and then I started watching around the room as people realized that it was Whitney singing, how will I know if he really loves me? And so people around the room started getting it. And we're like, yeah, good job, good job. 
And then finally, the father of the bride, he heard it right at the end of the song, and you could see his face light up like this. Oh! And he shouted out, thank you, DJ, for playing that song. That's the kind of recognition and interest and joy that happens in prayer, even to God who knows our needs before we ask. And what a delight it is when we ask. God loves it. When that dad realized the song was exactly what he was talking about, even when he didn't really know the words. In prayer, we come to know our own needs for our lives better. It builds connection and intimacy when we turn to God, even trusting God with things we don't fully understand. So Jesus is kind of a model for us in this, right? The life of Christ is always a model for us because throughout the gospel story, we see the way that he takes time away to go and pray. It's just part of his life. Jesus prays in the synagogue. He prays with friends. He prays out in a field. He prays in a garden. He prays up, prays up on a mountainside. On the last night of his life, we see Jesus praying. And this is what he says to God. If there's any other way, if there's some other way than for me to suffer what's coming, I would prefer not to suffer. But it's your will and not mine. Jesus' life with God in prayer is intimate and honest. He encourages his disciples, those like us who try to follow in the way of Christ, to also make time to be with the Lord. Prayer is accessible to us wherever we are. It shapes our heart and clarifies the things we're actually praying about. Like if you're praying for a bicycle and you weren't getting it, keep praying. See what's going to come next. Prayer puts us in a relationship with God, but also helps us in our relationships with other people. We've said it before, but if you're praying for somebody, somebody in your life, you're going to come to care about them more. You're going to get to love them more, even if they're kind of unlovable, even if it's an opponent or an enemy, as we have talked about. I've been praying this week about the situation in Israel and Gaza, and I know a lot of you have too. And I'll be honest to say that I don't really exactly know what I'm praying for in Israel and Gaza. It's a terrible situation. So I... I think we can give things over to God that we really don't understand, but we want to know more about, we want to care about, we want to tune into. God shapes our thinking through our prayer life. Praying without ceasing means letting our whole lives be prayerful. It means taking time along the way to pause and turn things over to God, trusting that the Lord is always there and ready to listen, even throughout the day. You know, think about it this way. If you had a, a spouse or a partner and you said, well, I know, that they, I know that they know that I love them. It's assumed. We agreed on that years ago. So I don't have to show up in this relationship anymore. Would that work? Or if you have a child or a grandchild and you said, well, they know that I love them. They know that I care about them. We don't need to talk. They don't need anything from me. Would that be a way to have a strong relationship with your grandchild or your child? Or if you had a friend who said, we've been friends for years. We don't need to talk, text, be in touch, visit, drop a card. We're great friends. Would that work that way? If you're in a relationship with someone, you know that it takes talking, communicating, spending time together. It builds connection, and it's the same way in our relationship and life with God. So my prayer for you this week is that you would find your own way to pray without ceasing. What would it look like in your life to follow this biblical teaching? May it be so for you today. Amen.